Tuesday, 7, 20, 6, 2016, at 06, 40. 911 emergency reporting. Yes, hi. This is Edwin Lara, and I'm the guy on Interstate, Interstate 5. Going at high speed. I, I know you guys have the chopper on me already. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say I am going to turn myself in. Okay, where are you at? Okay, I'm on I-5. Uh, I think close to Reading, if I'm right. So, you know, I, I am wanted for murder in the state of Oregon. Okay. Edwin, yeah. where are you at right now? Can you stop? I am going to stop once I head Reading. Once I'm in Reading, I'm going to stop. Okay, can you tell me where you are right now? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, oh, let's see. There's a sign right here. 50 miles from Reading. You're 50 miles from Reading. Oh, wait, wait. Can you Cor- Corning. From Corning. You're 50 so miles I'm, from Corning. Yeah, 50 miles from Corning. 50 miles uh, south or north of Corning. Are you by yourself or? No, I have someone with me. I kidnapped her in Oregon. She's innocent. Uh, her name is Andrea. What's your last name? He doesn't know. I'll let you. I'll, I'll let her give her last name. You can call her family, okay? Okay. Just give, me a, just give me a second. What's your name? Hello. Yeah. Hi. What's your name? Andrea. Andrea. What's your last name? Maze. M A E S. Okay. Are you hurt at all, Andrea? No. No. Okay. Can, do you know where you are? Let me talk to Edwin again. Okay. Hello? Yeah, Edwin, um, you're heading southbound on, on 5? Yeah, I'm heading southbound on 5. I'm Did 50 you make miles it past, away. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you make it past Reading yet? I think I did. I'm 50 miles from Corning. You're 50 miles from Corning? Yeah, 1-5, 15. Oh, 15 miles from Corning. Yes. So I'm passing a state trooper, a highway patrol right now. You're what, sir? I'm passing a highway patrol. Okay, where are you at, though? I am uh, Flores Avenue, one mile from Flores Avenue. One mile from Flores? Are you able to safely find somewhere to stop? I'm not going to stop right here. I'm just going to turn myself in and and, uh, Corning. Okay. Are you going Uh, to Corning Police, or where are you going? Yeah, I'm going to Corning Police. But I want to ask you a favor. Uh Uh-huh. So I have asthma. You have asthma? Okay. Yeah, so you tell them not to be too rough on me because, you know, I, I can't really breathe right now. All right, so that's all I wanted to say. Do you, you know, need, I don't want to. Do you need wanna... kind of medical or? Yeah, well, I I think so. I'm going to need my inhaler. I forgot my inhaler at home. You know, I went all over all over uh, uh, Salem, Oregon looking for, for an inhaler, but I guess they don't sell it, you know, behind the counter. Or out of counter. So, Edwin, how fast are you going? I'm going about 120 miles an hour. About 120 miles an hour? Yes. Can you slow down? Well, I want to make it there quick. That way I can turn myself in. Well, well, the officer sees you with it. We just don't want you to speed away from anything. If you can stop and just give yourself in, it'll probably be easier. Well, there's an officer behind me right now. Okay, they see you. We're talking to him. They see you. Yeah, she's seeing me. I think it's a she. She's right behind me. Okay. The officer sees you, and are you able to safely stop? Yeah, I can, I can stop, uh, but not right now. I'll stop in Corning. 
Uh, what's the difference from stopping now and corning? I just don't want to stop right here in the middle of the road, you know, putting myself in danger and putting everybody else in danger, more in danger, I guess. You know, they won't. They're, they're aware. I'll let them know they won't. But if you can stop safely, they just don't want you to run. They think you're trying to run or anything. Okay. Yes, um, yes, Edwin, yes. do you have any weapons with you? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I do have a gun on me. I am not going to flash the gun, so you tell them not to shoot me. Okay. You know, I don't want to die. Okay, you stick by your word, though. I'll let them know. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm going to let them know. You know, uh, don't hurt Andrea. You know, she's a nice girl. You know, don't hurt her. I'm I'm actually calling my family just to say bye to them. So once I'm, once I'm done calling all my family, then I'll, I'll turn myself in. Okay, um, we can get a hold of your family if you want. I already called my wife. I called a lot of people already. I am I am wanted for the death of uh, Kaylee Sawyer at Bend, Oregon. What's the girl's name? Kaylee what? Sawyer. Sawyer? Yes. Or Swire, maybe. And she was from Bend, Oregon? Yes. I just want to say that it was an accident. I, uh, so I work for Campus Public Safety there, and she was really drunk, and I didn't see her, and I run her over. Okay. And then, uh, after that, you know, I, I just, uh, she was still breathing, and then she was screaming, and I decided to silence her forever. Okay. And I am very remorseful for that, and, you know. Okay. Edwin, her, can, Edwin are uh, you able to stop the officers behind you? They don't know if you're running and stuff or, or trying to run from them. So if you can safely stop, they'll have the freeway block, and nobody will get hurt if you just try to okay. stop. Okay. You, you want me to read the plate for you? Your plate? The, 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 the police police officer's plate? No, no, no. You don't need to read the police officer's plate. Okay. Because if, I, want her, I want her to just get in front of me if she can. Why do you want to run you? She can move. She can move all the track. I'm not. I'm not gonna shoot anybody. I promise. I know, but the, you just you have to realize they have to take care just for their safety and for your safety I, okay. as well. Do you understand all that? Right. Yeah, I understand. Okay. All right. So I'm about to get to Corning. I'm like four miles away. Okay. Where are you at now? Can you tell me where you are? <laughs> I am four miles from Corning. Okay. How the girl that's with you? How old is she, Andrea? How old is she? Uh, how old are you? She's 19. 19 years of age? Okay. Yeah. Does she have any weapons or anything? Or? Nah, she doesn't. She doesn't. I, I, I honestly, I did kidnap her. We drove her car, you know, and her car died on us, so I had to borrow somebody else's car. You know, basically that's what it is. Okay. But, yeah. So, Edwin, can you pull over safely for the officer? Right here, right now? If you can find a safe spot, you can pull over the shoulder. They're going to have a free block. Nobody will get hurt. But I just don't want you to run from them and them think they think you're running from them. So if okay, you can I'll, just pull over, I'll, find a safe spot completely out of the lanes. Don't stop in the lanes or anything. Find a safe spot and just pull over. Okay. I'll slow down for them. Okay, you're going to slow down? Yeah, I'm going to slow down. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't want somebody else to get hurt. Good. So are you going to stop? Yeah, maybe. I will stop right now. I'm just, you know, I'm shaking up. I mean, I'm shaking. I, I understand. 
And it, I don't I mean, want to. I don't want to get shot. I mean, okay, I I will let them know, but you need to make sure you just listen carefully, okay? Okay. Just, just, just to let you know, I have a bulletproof vest too. You do, do you? Are you wearing it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, you're not gonna try to do anything, right? No, I'm not. Okay. You want me to throw my gun out of the window right now? You know, right now. No, no, no. Don't do that right now. All right. I just want you to stop safely. How can you just give it to Andrea see if she wants to kill me? No, no, no. You don't want to do that to her and yourself. All right. So, yeah, just uh, I'm just going to call her grandma and apologize. And then I'll stop. You know, right now, let's just kind of worry about you stopping. Okay. Just worry about stopping and getting you guys both safe, okay? All right. Okay, I'll stop. Okay. I'll hang up now. I'm, no, no, I'm going to stay on the line with you, okay? Okay. Well, basically, or technically, it's illegal to... Talk on the phone and drive, right? You, you know, if you're calling in an emergency, and you know what, this is just a totally different circumstance, okay? Okay. That's the last thing we need to worry about right now. Yes. So, you know, I know, I know this is being recorded, and you know, I just want to say to the family of, of Kaylee that you know I am sorry. I am sorry for what I did to her, and in time I will tell them where the body is. You know, I will just, that way she can rest in peace, you know. Do you want to uh, let me know or just have this recorded where it is? No, I, I remember. Okay. So, I mean, hopefully the police officer doesn't shoot me, you know, and I'll, I'll survive, you know. Yeah. Well, but we're not going to let that happen, like, you just do what you're supposed to do and do what you're told so to do? I left I left a vehicle with a note, you know. And uh, what is that thing called? In Salem, 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 Oregon. Okay. Yeah, in the what's the mall called? The Ross. Yeah, there is a Ross in the uh, Lancaster in Salem. And uh, what is it called? What is the? You know the address for the mall? Oh, the mall. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a Ross. A Ross mall. Rob R. Ross, R-O-S-S. Oh, Ross Mall. Yeah. So, or a store, whatever you want to call it. So it's a store. I left a, a station wagon, you know, that I sold from my parents. Uh-huh. Well, I, I was borrowing it. I told them that I was going to borrow it. And so I drove it all the way to Salem, and I parked it right in front of the mall, and there's a note there just in case. Hopefully not, but just in case I die. Uh, what kind there's of car was there. so it? was a station wagon? Yeah, it's a station wagon. Uh, it registers to uh, my stepfather. My stepfather's name is. Yes. And uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure <clears throat> somebody noticed it already. Okay. So. And that's where so that's where I, I kidnap Andrea too. Okay. He works at that R Ross store. Okay. So Edwin, are you going to stop for the officers? Yeah, I am. As soon as I'm done talking to you, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. stop. Going. I'll stay on the line with you. I just want to make sure you stop safely and just think about what you're doing as well. Okay, I'll let you talk to Andrea. 
Okay. Are you going to okay. stop? Yeah, I'm going to stop. Okay. Now. Once you stop, make sure they can see your okay. hands at all get, time, okay? All right. Just tell them I'm going to go into that casino. You're going to go into the casino? <clears throat> yep. I'm not going to go inside the building. Just into You're the just going to stop lot. in the parking lot? Yes. That way we get out of the freeway because I don't want to put the, the officers in danger. Okay. So once you get there to the parking lot, can you just make sure they see your hands at all times? Yes, I where's, will. Where's your gun at? I promise. It's in between my legs. Let's tell them that not to be too rough. Did the casino? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, Why did you tell me that then? Because I couldn't find. I'm trying to find the road. I don't think there is a road to get in there. There is. I, there I is. A, okay, I see a bridge, and I was trying to get there to see if I if I find a way to get to a casino. Okay, are you able to safely just pull over then, so the officers don't keep the, don't keep them chasing you? Just pull over. Yeah, I'll pull over right now. Okay, I'll let you talk to Andrea. Okay, I just don't hang up. I'm not. Hello? Yeah, hi, Andrea. Are hi. you okay? You don't need any medical or anything? No. Okay, so Edwin, where's his gun at? Does he have it still Ooh. between his legs? Um, I don't know. Can you see it? He said he had it between his legs. Is he stopping? Yeah. He is stopping? Mm-hmm. Okay, make sure your hands are up, too, and stuff. I know you're on the phone right now, but just hold your hand up so they can see your hands, too. Okay. I'm going to stay on the line with you until the officers get there, okay? And you're going to be okay. Andrea? Mm -hmm. Does Edwin have, does he have his hands up? Yeah. He does have his hands up? Okay. Just tell them to make sure that the officers... Hey, who are you? Tell them I can't. He can't. He said he can't hear me. Do I get out or do I? <laughs> Tell him we're letting the office know that he can't hear. He, he's already walking towards them. He's walking towards them. Tell him to make sure he holds his hands up. Yeah, he is. He is. Tell him to turn around and don't, don't walk towards them. He can walk backwards towards them. I can't. He's too far. Okay. And if you want to do the same once he gets out and stuff, just uh -huh. turn around and back up, walk backwards towards him. Don't walk facing him. Okay. Do I stay on the line with you? I'll, once you get out, I'll go ahead and disconnect the line once you get out. Can you see, do they have him in custody already? Um, They're putting the cuffs on him right now. They're putting the cuffs on him? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to hang up and just get out and you walk backwards towards him with your hands up, okay? Okay. Okay, Andrea, it's going to be okay. Uh, she told me to stay in the oh, car. Oh, she told you to stay in the car? Okay, then yeah. whatever instructions they give you, then do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, if she's giving you instructions, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get off the line, okay? And just uh, whatever okay. instructions. Okay, okay. bye. Okay. Bye. So could you tell me, um, and I know that you already went over this, but do you, can you tell me kind of how this whole thing transpired? Um, I, I, I guess I would start with Saturday. Were you working? 
Oh, so Saturday. I don't have Saturday, so Saturday was one more day that he went to work. He did go to work? In the afternoon. So he, what time does he start normally, or does it change? It's always changing. Okay. So, so on he was working night shift on Saturday night and getting off, I think, like 2 or 2.30 in the morning. Sunday. And what time does that uh, have him starting work-ish? I think that day he went in where he was going to go in around 3 p.m., I think it was. And when he's, uh, is his only security job for COCC mm -hmm. in that area, he doesn't yeah. have any other any other areas that he provides security for? Okay, do you know if he like took a lunch that day or contacted you any time during his work day? Did you talk to him? Yeah, and then I think I did call him again. Of course, like around 10 maybe. Or was it? No, I think it was text messages. And then that was, that was it. Did, uh, did he respond to your text? And what was that text? So, yeah, I was, yeah, I was late. That was like eleven thirty. Uh, we're talking about this light show that he had done. And he asked me to fix it. And I was just telling him that he had, like, just telling him that he had done too much on the slideshow. On, on the light show? The slideshow. Slideshow, okay. Like the park point. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what it was. Okay. Normal conversation as yeah. far as, okay. And then you. Um, what time do you do you remember him coming home? That was it. I don't remember what time he got home. Did you just go to sleep like normal at your own house? Yeah, I go to. I went to sleep. I, for the most part, I feel when he gets home. But that day I didn't. Okay. What time did you wake up? Well, what time did you go to bed, and then what time did you wake so up? I went to bed. I would say a little bit after the text message. So I would say closer to midnight. Okay. And do you did you wake up in the night at all? Oh, I don't remember waking up at all. Okay. Do you remember waking up in the morning? When so, you actually So I woke up around seven thirty to eight on that Sunday morning. And was he home? Yeah, he was there. And I woke up. What was he was he doing? 
as far as like was he getting in bed was he eating breakfast yeah, he was, when I woke up he was, he was in bed with me okay he was already in bed was he yeah, awake he was, no he was well, we were waking up at the same time um, I don't know if he was like awake or but we were we were it was the time to get ready to go to church oh so I don't remember if he was already awake or not but we were still both in bed what time does he normally get off when he works graves? Like he starts at three. What time does he normally get home? So what do you mean, like? Like when he works a graveyard, like he did on on Saturday night, he starts at like three p.m. What time? Like does he work like a twelve-hour shift or? A it's it's always changing. It's always changing. It's, it's always unpredictable. So okay. I I actually was on the point that I didn't even know when he was gonna be working or not. Okay. He usually had like his schedule on the refrigerator, and I would just go check it. Because it was just changing all the time. Okay. But he, so he didn't have any standard hours for his graveyard mm -hmm. time. Okay. Do you know if he worked normally eight hours, like if it was a normal day? That day or just? Just in, in general, because so, you don't know that day, right? In, in general, I think it's always been like 10 hours, I 10 think. 10 hours, okay. That makes sense. But you see, that's where sometimes I get just crazy. Sometimes he would just work four hours. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't predictable okay okay um, so not sure on what time he got off or what time he came home but when you woke up he was asleep and you guys were both kind of waking up at the same time mm -hmm. is that correct and you were both planning on or you would normally both go to church yeah um, so he's used to maybe getting a few hours on a few hours and then getting up and being okay to go to church on Sunday that would be normal mm -hmm. Did you guys do that? When it happens, like I said, his schedule gets all crazy. Yeah. So when it happens, he's okay with it. Like. Okay. Did you do that on this Sunday? Did he get up and, and go yeah, to so church? Yeah, so that's, that's, yeah, that's what we did. We okay. got up, we got ready, and went to church. Okay. Uh, normally when he comes home and... Like, is he, does he wear his uniform home with him? Does he have a locker at work that he changes into before? It's a give and take. He usually does bring him when he's going to, like, wash it. Okay. Um, sometimes he does leave it at work. Does he have, like, a locker at work where he leaves? I think, I think they do. Okay. So when he goes to work and, and, is, and he, come, he has a clean uniform goes to work, does he come in at home wearing, like, just his no, pants? Or? He doesn't come... Home wearing the uniform. So he has some change of clothes yeah. in his locker. That he'll either bring it with him and he has a bag uh -huh. that he'll bring in if he's bringing it that day. And it's usually when he wants to wash it because I don't yeah. think they have many uniforms. I think they only have like one or, or one uniform or something like that. So he's like washing it constantly. So he doesn't like drive in his uniform? No, no, he doesn't. But he does have a locker. That I think so. Made. Yeah, I don't know if they. I don't think they share it or anything. But I think they do. Okay. And he drives home, so he'll drive to work in his car, and then drive their patrol car or their security car, right? Okay. Um. So what what time is church on Sunday? Nine in the morning. Okay. Is that uh? And what where's the church? So it's La Roca. It's in Spanish. It's called a Rock. Mm -hmm. It's on Division Street. 
Okay, and then are you got? Is it? I mean, are you noticing anything weird at all at this point? So yeah, so he was very quiet, like on the way to church. Wasn't saying much. It was unusual. Mm -hmm. um, at church, he was just very quiet, very just withdrawn. Like he would usually like wrap my hand or something. So when we get out of church, I asked him, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And I told him, you know, uh, we've been together for a very long time. I know something's up. Because you're so calm. Yeah. Do you want something to drink here? So it was strong enough for you? That you didn't ask him anything about it at that point, though? No, because so I'm still in training at work. Yeah. It's been stressful. Sure. And it's just, we've been, like, talking about it, like, just in the sense of, like, so what if I don't make it? Or yeah, yeah. So we've we just been, it's been stressful in the sense of just trying to figure out. Sure. So I thought that maybe that's just... It was all together, Part so I didn't, that. I didn't, I didn't push it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I was just like, you know, I'm feeling down to myself. Sure, so absolutely. I would have thought the same exact thing. I didn't push it. I didn't. Okay. And then, and I'm sorry, but uh, and I'll, I'll be annoyingly detailed on this. You guys get done with church um, at about what time? It's noon. Okay. Do you drive straight back to Redmond, or did you stop for lunch or anything? Back home. Well, okay. we we stopped by um, getting Pizza Hut. Okay. And we went home, ate the pizza. We were there, watched Netflix. And then he told me, he's like, let's go see a movie. So I'm like, all right, let's go see a movie. And then we headed to bed. Okay. Go watch a movie. So cousin, um, Benny Melvin, yeah. he went with us. Okay. Do you remember what you watched? Watch um, Light Out or Light On. That's Do you remember if, uh, what, about what time the movie was? And so through through this whole time up to when you're going to the movie, anything stand out to you? No, not at that point. Okay. So the him being all withdrawn was all the way to up to I would say towards the time that he told me let's go watch a movie. Yeah. Then it, he kind of went back to, or at least I didn't pick up anything at that point, and I was just like, okay, let's go. Okay. Okay. So nothing. We watched a movie and. And I've been with him since Sunday morning when we woke up. I've been with him yeah. throughout. Yeah, okay. Which is a normal day for you guys, right? I mean, you guys spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then when you get out of the movie, um, what's, what do you do then? We walked around a little bit, Beale Mill. Okay. And then that was it. We got in the car. We went home. We went to go drop off. Benny and we went home. Okay. Did you guys take uh, the Ultima to no. church? 
No, we were in the Jeep. Okay, were you in the Jeep through everywhere you went that day? Yeah. And where was the Ultima park? In the car. I mean, in the house, just parked. At, at the on the street or in the driveway? On the street where he usually parks. Okay, does he? It, that's normal. He parks on the street with the Ultima. You know what I just thought about right now? He had the windows cracked open. He never did that. Okay. And I asked him about that. And he said, "Oh, it's hot." Well, you guys go to church and travel around together. Do you usually take your car or do you usually take his car? It's give and take. It's never. It's usually which, whichever car has gas. Yes. Really, that's really. And was he supposed to work on Sunday night? He was okay. supposed to go in, no, not Sunday. Okay. He was supposed to go to work Monday. So he had yet, he had yesterday. Sunday off. He had Sunday off, okay. And, and then when you guys got home, about what time was it from the movie after you walked around? Did you drop Vinny off? Drop him off. Say it was maybe like eleven, maybe towards yeah. nine, midnight. Yeah. And then you guys did you go straight home from there? From dropping off, yeah, mm -hmm. dropping off. Then we went home. And did you guys? What did you do from there? I got home. Decided to take a shower. Took a shower, he came into the shower with me. First thing of my shower. Get out. No, he got out, I was still in the shower, he got out. We had sex. And then we went to bed. Okay. Uh, but do you remember about what time that was? No, but I would say maybe one. Okay. And so then this morning, um, um, do you remember, was he with you in bed the whole time from when you fell asleep? Yeah. And what time did you wake up? I woke up around 9. Okay. Was I, he in? I got out of the bed. I woke up like around 8.30, but I still stayed yeah. in bed. Then I got up like 9. Okay. Was he in bed with you? He was in bed with me. Okay. So he, he was still in bed by the time you got out at 9. And what time did he wake up after, after that? I want to say ten thirty ish, maybe. You were on Monday now. Mm -hmm. On today. To today, well, I think it's Tuesday now. Yeah, I think you're right. Monday, Monday morning. And how did your morning go? So I woke up. He told me, oh, you're getting up already? Because we usually sleep in. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm already awake. I'm like, but if you continue sleeping. Because he stayed in bed and I got up. Went outside, turned on the water, sprinklers. Turned on TV, was watching TV. And, and I was just waiting for him to get up so we could start the morning. So he comes out of the room and his eyes were all teary. 
That's what I'm like, Brad Pitt, tell me what happened. Why did this fuck? So he sits on the sofa, I turn off the TV, and then he just says that. He's like, I, I kill a woman underneath that. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, I hit her with the car. And does he tell you which car? He said the, the security, the, the job, the car that they used at the job. And what, and what did you say to that? So I'm like, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean you hit her? And he's like, yeah, I hit her and I panicked. And I'm like, what, is, what do you mean by you hit her panicking? What did you do? Did, did he say, I hit her in a panic? He said, I don't remember exactly the words that he said, but he said something that he hit her with the car yeah. and then he panicked. So then I asked him, like, that's what I was trying for him to explain to me. You hit her with the car. That's an accident. Yeah. Why? What do you mean you panic? What, what do you mean? And what did he say? He just kept saying, I panic. And at that point, he's already, like, he got up and he's already, like, going into the room and walking back and forth. And I'm not really quite understanding what he's telling me. So when, when he's walking, he walks to your bedroom? Yeah, he's like, he walks to the bedroom. Um, I think at some point I, I followed him there and I'm like, explain to me what, what happened. Um, and then he's like, then he said, okay, so then he says at some point, I don't remember if it was back in the living room or whatnot, because he was just walking back and forth. He said that he hit her with the car, the car at work. And I asked him, well, where is there any signs that you hit her or what? And he said that it was because of the grill. said, no, there was no signs. And then I'm like, so what did you do with the body, what? And he's like, I hit her. And I'm like, and then I kept asking him, what does it gotta do with you hitting her and now you panic and you hit the body? He wouldn't. So it didn't make sense to you? It wasn't making story. sense to him. How long did this conversation go on before he left? It was pretty brief. It wasn't. It was just him moving around. I'm not sure if he, I don't think he grabbed anything other than he did grab my gun from my purse. And then he just kept saying, I, I need to go, I need to go. And then right before he left, he's like, there's her stuff in the shed. He's, how did he say, say that again? He said, he said something in regards to there's, her stuff is in the shed. Her stuff is in the shed. And I think it's because I kept telling him, it doesn't make sense, it's like you're lying to me not so I feel like he told me that so I could go see it and say oh it is true yeah <laughs> because it wasn't making sense to me that I think he <laughs> he was seeing that it, like I wasn't fully me there like it felt like it felt like a movie like it just <laughs> it wasn't making any sense to me but when I saw the stuff I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
And he was still there, dude. <laughs> no, he was. He was already gone. said what all he said was he hit her and he panicked. He never said but it wasn't making any sense to me because I'm like why would somebody do somebody and then do that especially you especially him like it doesn't make any sense. Did he say when this happened? <laughs> so he just said He's just telling the story. He just, yeah, he just, at the, like, when he was working, that was the Sunday morning, he, he didn't give me, like, a damn. Yeah, I just no. want to make sure it's, <laughs> okay, it's recording. Okay, we'll see. Is he walking off the list of questions? What's that? Is he walking off the list of questions? No, that's all. Recording. Yeah, all right. Well, I thought you were asking for it. I thought you were asking for it. Yeah, absolutely. I got gloves. Right over there, Evans. Right over there, Evans. Okay. Wherever you want. Just tell me where you want to be set. That's fine. Okay, thank you. Hello, sir. Hi. My name is Sergeant Beckwith. I'm Mac. I shouldn't introduce myself because he has known me. Uh, we know a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, so a couple things. We've got some housekeeping items to talk about okay. um, before we start talking about things. Those are going to be your Miranda rights and your right to counselor. Okay. And then I wanted to talk to you, um, you know, just to let you know where I'm coming from because um, it sounds like you've done a lot of good things um, even to this point. And so we're not really concerned about the NBA at this point. It's going to be about, you know, finding her. Okay, so, uh, but before we do that, um, do you have any questions for me on the onset before I advise you of some things? Because uh, I'm gonna advise you of your Miranda rights and your consular rights, okay. right, before we start talking about things at all, but as far as questions you have before we get into that, I'm a, all my cards on the table kind of guy, okay? I'm not gonna come in here and try to be all tricky or whatever. Uh, Detective McLaughlin's the same way, okay? Well, all I got to say is that I want to go home. Okay. I'm going to do everything possible to go home. Yes, sir. And home meaning Oregon? Yes. Okay. Of course home. home, right? Yeah, yes. we're working on that as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're working on. Um, let's see here. Mac, when I'm pulling up this language, yes. can you advise? Sure. Um, so, Edwin, at this point in time, uh, I do want to let you know that the room is being video recorded. It's also being audio recorded um, just for uh, the sake of being official. Today's date is the 26th of July, 2016. I have about 13, 12 hours. Um, I'm Detective James McLaughlin. Present with me is Detective Sergeant Eric Beckwith with the Redmond Police Department. Um, Edwin Laura, Edwin uh, Enoch, Laura, yes. is that right? Okay. So I want to let you know I'm recording the conversation um, so that you're aware of that, okay? Um, is there any questions about the this conversation being recorded at all? No. Okay. Just so you know, initially, um, you back up just a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, we're going to ask you some questions about the MVA, that stands for the Motor Vehicle Accident, all that stuff, okay? Uh, before we do so, I'm going to advise you of at, uh, at least your Miranda rights before he gets into the consulate um, information section. Um, you do have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to speak to an attorney and have him or her present with you while you're being questioned. If you can't afford to hire an attorney, one will be appointed before any questioning if you wish, okay? Very important. Also, we're here to talk to you because we know that um, you know, we've, we've spent the last 16 hours uh, talking to Isabel, uh, finding out stuff about you with your family and those kinds of things. I know you've got uh, a heart that's probably pretty heavy and you want to tell us some stuff about the, the vehicle accident and, and that's why we're here, okay? So it's important that you hear what I just said to you. I want to make sure that you understand um, those rights that I just read to you. I do. Okay, sir. I also have to read you. These are your consular rights, okay? So I'm going to read this directly verbatim. Um, it says, as a non-U.S. citizen who is being arrested or detained, you may request that we notify your, consul your country's consular officers here in the United States of your situation. You may also communicate with your consular officers. A consular officer may be able to help you obtain legal representation and may contact your family and visit you in detention, among other things. If you want us to notify your consular's office, you can request this notification now or any time in the future. you want us to notify the consular's office at this time? No. Okay. All right, so here's the um, thing I just want to get to the nitty gritty. Uh, we have not been able to find Kaylee's body. Can you please uh, help me find her body immediately before we start talking about anything else? Oh. The reason why I'm asking you that is uh, I've done this a bunch of times. I want to tell you where the body is. Yeah, I do. But I want to get on first. Okay, so here's what I know about this. Hear me out, sir. Uh, we can't change what happened, the three of us in this room. And people will care more about what happens right now than what happened before. So um, we know that you've been talking to some people, et cetera, et cetera, right? And because we have different jurisdictions, I can assure you that right now the DA's office is working on allowing us to take you back to Oregon, okay? But they're still working on that, okay? So in the meantime, uh, we need to consider some things, okay? If this information gets to other people that uh, you were like, hell yeah, I'm gonna tell you, but only until I get what I want, they might uh, try to think of this about something different than what it is, right? And so um, what I've determined is, and we've looked at this a bunch of times, is I don't think you're a bad guy, right? I think that things have spun completely out of control, sir. Sir, am I right? Okay, but that being said, you know from your training and your education that we have a massive load of resources right now dedicated to one thing, and that's to serve the victim's family, okay? And they need that, and they need that right now. And so I need you to remember that it doesn't matter so much about what happened as what you do now. Yeah. And, and you know this man. Oh, okay. Matt wants to do a map. before can I say the story what happened first yeah as you're drawing please or whatever whatever you'd like to do sir <sighs> first. want us to get you out of that stuff highway from yeah hey okay, you ask if we can get him out of the stuff so we can drive highway from Redmond to Salem that's another 20 minutes 
I think it's 126. 
and I was going to turn south on College Way on the D4 lot. So I was going to turn south on the do not enter area there. And I didn't see her. She was wearing all black. So I was in a hurry, so it was my fault. And I wasn't expecting anybody, you know, at that time of night. So I just turned and, and I, I mean, I didn't hit her that hard. I used bumper with the, the patrol car, bumper mm -hmm. with the front rack. And she fell down. And at first I thought, you know, first thing I was, oh, I killed her, you know, but I didn't hit her that hard. So I got off the car and she was really drunk. And then she looks at me. And then she started screaming. She started screaming at you. She did. So I panic and I grab her by the throat and I told her, shut up, shut up, shut up. So she passed out. I put her on the back of the patrol car, drove her up the B12 lot. And then I was panicking, I didn't know what to do. She already seen me, she saw my face. <clears throat> so I opened the door and that's when she came back. She started screaming again. So I grabbed the charcoal. And I was telling her, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. She was just struggling to scream. So I threw her down and that I drive her body <clears throat> behind a tree there and I hit her with another rock. And, and that's when I think she died because I heard her breathing her last breath. And then your body there. I went to the Zama gym. I tried to wash off all everything, all the dirt from my coat. I had a stain on my shirt. I was wearing the bike shirt, bike patrol shirt. I had a red stain. I couldn't take that off, so I started washing my pants and my boots on the Zama gym. I went into the men's restroom, right in front of the main entrance of the south south entrance of the Zama. Then after being there I just walked towards the women's gym or shower and I went into the shower and I started washing off all the dirt from my pants. And then I looked at the watch and it was like one fifty or whatever. And my shift was almost over. And I know Adam Nieder was in the office, so I'm like, hey, you know, I'm usually never late, I'm out of here right when my shift ends, so I better get there. So I got there like around 201 or something like that, I was full of dirt, and he wanted to talk to me about something. And I wasn't facing him because I saw this scratch in my face. And I was scared that he was going to see it, because I knew that you guys were going to investigate us. I knew that for a fact. Because I'm not dealing with stupid people, right? Yeah. So, 
I panic and you know, I just let him talk and I acted like I was doing something on the computer and I was just saying, oh yes, yes. And I tried telling him something, but I was so nervous that I don't think he was able to understand me, what I was saying. He goes, what? And I said it again and he wasn't able to understand me. <clears throat> so again, I think he just left it like that. You know, he didn't ask me any more questions. But I don't think he realized anything bad, you know. I just think he probably thought I was tired or something. Because I told him, you know, I'm tired, I want to go home. Then, when I was walking out, I'm like, okay, I need to get rid of her because if they find her up in the boy 12 lot, they're going to know it was one of us, and it's going to be me because Adam was in the office, you know, all night long, uh, doing some paperwork. So I drove back up there, I put on my car, I grabbed a, tra grab a trash can first from the Boyle Education Center, from the custodial room, I grabbed a trash can or a trash bag, I drove up the hill again and just put her head inside the bag, put her in the trunk of my car and just drove out of there. Your personal car? Yeah. Uh, which car is that? The Nissan. You guys haven't found that yet? Yeah, we found it. Okay. But it's not fair for me to put words in your mouth, you know? So you gotta ask. So what happened next? So I drove her to a ditch by um, close to my parents' house, and I mean, she was kind of heavy, you know. So I just grabbed her and pretty much ripped everything off her, like her pillow. I threw her in the ditch, and then I went back home and I was like, okay, they gotta find her there pretty quick. So I gotta put her, gotta move her, and put her somewhere else that they're gonna be able to find her. So next day, Actually, it was the following night while my wife was sleeping. I just got up without her noticing that I was, you know, that I left and I went to the body again. To its location, the location. So, um, the first place where you put uh, Kaylee, I think it's. Is it near your parents? Like, how close to your parents' house? So, the street is Hemlock. Hemlock? Hemlock, I think it is. Hemholtz? Hemholtz. Yes. Hemholtz and Adler, right in the corner. There is a little, I don't know what that, I think it might be a little creek or a lake or something, right there, so pretty close to that. So I just threw her body right there, and then I came back following the night and just dumped her. You know, and at this time I was feeling really bad, you know, because I've never killed anybody and I feel really bad about her, about the girl. Could you be in the surf tonight? And <clears throat> I was feeling really bad about what I went to. Just find everything. 
And I know that most likely I will die in prison, you know. And that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to take in my heart. Isabel. And the regret of killing this girl. And I know this is being recorded. I apologize to the parents. To the dad, I know the dad has been looking for her. I'm stop. I apologize. She looked like a really nice girl and she didn't deserve what I did to her. Following day after I moved her body the second time, or the first time, the second time, I should say, um, I woke up with this thing in my heart, like heavy, you know, and I'm like, so I knew that from the moment I told my wife she was going to turn me in because I know her. She loves, she loves her job and she loves what she's doing now and I knew she was going to do it, no matter how much she loves me. So I told her with that purpose. I told her, I killed this girl, I'm going to walk out of here, I'm going to drive out of here, you do your thing. She's like, why are you putting me in that spot? I'm like, because I know you're going to do the right thing. I know you're not going to be my accomplice because you're not the type of woman. So she kept telling me, please don't leave. Just turn yourself in. Turn yourself in. And I'm like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with her. Yeah. I don't want to get death penalty out like that. Did you have some Achilles stuff at the house? Yeah. Can you tell me about that, please? Okay, so... Um, so I grabbed it from the patrol car and I put it in my car with the intention of getting rid of it because I actually grabbed her phone from the purse with my bare hands. I didn't use any gloves. So I was scared that my fingerprints were going to be all over that purse. So I grabbed the purse and I put it in the car because I'm like, well, I don't think there's fingerprints in her body. You know, but there's fingerprints on the purse, I can leave the purse here. So I grabbed the purse and when I was driving out of the campus on Portland Avenue, I throw the phone on uh, the Schutz River. Is that the Schutz River? On the park? Yes. So I threw the phone in the river. Which phone is that? Her phone. Where was it? It was in her purse. In her purse. Why yeah. did you throw it in the river? Because they were, they were gonna find it. You know, if I throw it somewhere else. And, I mean, I knew sooner or later I was gonna get caught. And you know, for a fact, you know, and you just trying to buy some time? I was trying to buy some time so I can 
say bye to my family, I guess. Did you talk to your family after this? Yeah. How'd that go? Not so good. My grandpa told me that I screwed up my life. Um, my mom and dad can believe it. Or my stepdad, I should say. He's like my dad. Can't believe it. Um, you know, they were very concerned about me. Um, my wife just kept telling me to stop what you're doing, turn yourself in, where you at. So a couple things you need to understand, and we're finally getting to the real problem here, we really are, is you knew she was never getting out the car the moment you shut that door. Well, let me finish. You need to let me finish, right? Because I know this, okay? Because you said we were hookers. She's like, no. Immediately, you go to give me your purse and your phone. Well, I knew she wasn't going to get out. She wasn't I mean, going to survive that encounter, was she? No. Because you can't rape her and let her live, can you? And she I can't mean, make a phone call if I you have it. I wasn't going to rape her. Well, you can't let her live. Edwin, we're missing something here, man. Look. Yeah, I know what you guys are thinking, and it makes perfect sense. It does. Because why would you ask? You why would you ask for her purse? What was in your head that made you want her purse? Because you know, just in case she had a gun, she had she, she could defend herself. Case she was gonna use her phone to call nine one one. Call for help. So, but listen to listen to this. According to your story, th this is where it does not make sense. If your intent isn't already there to do some kind of harm or some kind of evil to her, some friggin' evil that's there, bro. It's there. You just gotta face it down, man. You can't cower away from it. You face that damn thing down right now. If you know the only way, if you don't have intent in her head, your thought is, I gotta keep that phone away from her because she's gonna call from help before anything bad's even happened. You've already made a decision. Am I right or am I wrong? Tell me. So, I made the decision at that time to silence her, to kill her. I, Let's be real. When you say yeah. silencer, you mean kill her. Is that correct? Okay. Because when did you make that decision? When she started screaming. Because she has seen my face. But you already grabbed her phone. You already kept her away from making a call for help or contacting someone. So you're already preserving yourself. So I'm thinking it's before when you ask for the purse. I think you already know in your head, I'm going to silence her. I'm going to kill her. That, why else would you ask? So... When she gave me her, like she had her phone, because I knew her phone was back there. Like it, it just clicked on my head, and I put her purse back there. Her phone is in there, you know. <clears throat> so I told her, "Give me, give me purse." So then tell she me exactly me. how you said, "Give me your purse." <clears throat> Say so exactly how you said it. Okay, so I went, "Give me your purse," just like that, just like that. Okay. So. She hands over the purse, and I'm like, your phone is not in here. And she, is, she goes, yes, it is. So I start digging in the purse with this hand, and I find the phone, and it's there. So, and, you know, very relieved. But at this time, she's struggling with the door, and I'm, and I'm telling her, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You know why you felt relieved when you found that phone? You know why? Tell she me why you felt relieved. She wasn't calling her up. And she was never going to... Get away because she had seen my face already. She's already seen her face, and you already knew what you were going to do. No, you were going to silence her. You already told us that. Well, yeah, but <clears throat> why else would I, you grab her phone? Because from the moment that's when I knew that she wasn't a hooker, 
you know. And she's gonna tell. She's gonna say something. She, if I let her out of the car, <clears throat> she's gonna go say, "Hey, you know, security guard or rape me or something." <coughs> Do you have dominion over a woman? Dominion. Mm -hmm. Dominant. But is there anything about her life that means less than yours? Okay. But you told us earlier when you were trying to carjack people in Salem, you wanted a woman who was weaker. Weaker woman because I knew a guy was going to fight me and I didn't want to kill anybody. Right. So you have dominion. I don't what I'm, what, necessarily I guess what I'm getting at with, with that question is that for, at some point or another, something as minor as an offensive comment, are you a hooker? I, I mean, honestly, what we've approached there is is you possibly losing your job for offending some offending somebody okay people are offended every day people lose their job for offending people every day that all of a sudden became more important than the life of a of a human being that you say because is equal i think right? i think she honestly thought that i was going to do something you were man and when that's the problem right now you were you absolutely at, at first at first i wasn't yes you were no, it wasn't. Well, sir, let me back up. Let me back up. Let's just settle this right now. When you saw that girl and you picked her up, were your intentions to help her because you are a security guard on the campus and people look up to you? Was your intent to find some way to help her? Or was your intent to find a way to help her, either by paying for sex or taking sex? And when things went south, you knew you had to kill her because now the person she looks to for safety and security wants something from her that she doesn't want to give her. So when I picked her up, because you know, usually when we help someone, we call it on the radio. Did you call it on the radio? No, because I thought she was over. And I asked why. That's why you call on the radio. That's why I didn't call her on the radio. And when I realized she wasn't out there, I felt discovered. Oh, crap. You know, now she's gonna go tell the whole world that I was looking for sex. Oh, wow, how weird would that be for a dude to be looking for sex? See what I'm saying? And that's not, that's not that bad. Dudes right? look for sex. Dudes look for sex. Well, yeah, but not a security guard that is supposed to protect I think you just said it, man. Another random dude walking on the street. So are we lucky in the fact that the first time you can't control your urge to have sex with a beautiful woman, that we catch you and you give up and we find you, et cetera, et cetera? <clears throat> I don't believe so. I believe there's been instances in the past that maybe you were close, something that was happening, well, maybe something's going to happen here and you backed away, whatever, has there ever been time like that? And what he means by take it into consideration is this, man. Um, bluntly, you've betrayed that trust, okay? The sound, the sound that you heard after the strike of the first rock, before you hit her with the second, is agonal breathing, and you know this. It's the sound of life leaving her body. It's the sound of the life God breathed into her leaving her and her life being no more, going away, being done. It's the sound of everyone loving her, mourning. It's the sound of her blood.
crying out from the friggin' earth. Right? You know this. That's Cain and Abel. No. No. You know what it is? You need to hear it, though. Okay? I respect you enough, Edwin, at this point, that I, I've asked you for detail, and now I'm going to give you my own. Okay? Those are the cold, hard facts. Does God still love you? Will he forgive you? Will he bring you back into his heart? Will he? Questions you have to answer for yourself. But the truth of the matter is that her blood cries out, man, that her life is gone. It will never be replaced. The truth of the fact is this. What you mistook for a hooker was an absolute angel, was the apple of her mom and dad's eye, was the breath that they breathed, that they spent and cultivated all their life raising and growing. And she is gone forever with your semen all over her. That's the truth, man. Okay? It's brutal. It's hard to say. It's hard to sit in here. But you've got to face it before you can look your God in the eye and ask for that forgiveness and be able to receive it. That's what I'm, That's the heart I want to see in that letter. Not graphic depictions, but the heart of a man broken, right? That you look and you can see what you've done. And you can begin to rebuild. We have love, mercy, compassion, right? Vastly different than rage, even than fear, fight or flight, right? Evil. Vastly different. Am I right? You've known some love in your heart, right? You love yeah. things. This is why I feel like this. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. evil is not for me. Right. Somehow got a hold of me. I'm wondering for me, for the community, for the people struggling to try to understand this. <sighs> doesn't grow to, to this unless it's cultivated, right? Somewhat, normally, in my experience, I don't see evil manifest. From one day to the next, mm -mm. yeah, I actually read books I see it. I see it watered. I see it grow. I see it cultivated. And then I see it manifest into, into real darkness, right, that affects a lot of other people inside you and there's nobody else in there right there's nobody else in there I, I can only guess but there had to be some kind of idea or clue or let me rephrase that was there some kind of idea or clue inside of you that grew with some rage maybe that embraced that maybe that believed that you were entitled to that therefore it manifested the way it did anything in there that you can help me out with to help other people understand, to help the people around us that we report to, that we talk to, the community at large understand. So, I think all throughout my life, I have struggled with somehow the urge to kill. But what has helped me 
not develop that in a sense. That's when I married my wife. It kind of dissipated because I have I had something to look forward to. Before that, I didn't have nothing to look forward to. Is this addressed to, to Dad? Yeah, the last one is for COCC. Okay. Um, I think it would play pretty well on recording if we read this out loud. It might show some of your emotion. might show... Want me to read it? I would love you to read it. Thank you, sir. I'd be trying to ask Katie for forgiveness, but I don't think her soul hears my crying because God doesn't allow the devil to angels. However, I know Kaylee hears you, and if you find it within your heart, please ask her to forgive me. Please, I beg you. Please. I know that I will spend the rest of my life asking God to forgive me, but I don't think He will. Sir, this is directed to her dad. I am not sure what your name is, but I know for a fact that you loved your daughter. I read something that you were desperately looking for her, and that touched the little heart I have within me. I say little heart a little bit because a man like me don't have a heart. Please forgive me, sir. Please forgive me. And please ask your wife to forgive me too. I fail you. I fail my community. I fail everyone, including my family. I am really sorry. I beg you. A man like me doesn't deserve the job I had. And I will never have it again. The COCC. No one has to pay for my evil doing. Every officer on the campus are great men and women. I am sorry to my community. I am sorry because I fell you. I am sorry for wearing the badge. I am sorry for ever being part of CPS. I as a college and community to forgive me. I am sorry Jim Bennett, I fell you. May Katie Sawyer rest in peace.